Okay, I'm going to hit record. And uh, okay, so whenever you're ready, go ahead and do your promo thingy. Hang on for one sec. Okay. No problem. Yep, I'm ready. Okay. Hey, this is Jonathan Green. I am a father, writer, podcast host, and guest expert. And I'm here today on Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. I better do that one again. <laughs> yeah, Vroom Vroom Veer is a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. Let me do that one again. Sure. <clears throat> Hey, this is Jonathan Green. I'm a father, writer, podcast host, and guest expert, and I'm excited to be here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Yeah, I gotta, I'm gonna have to give that one one more try. Sure, sure, sure. You're not the only one that's tripped over yeah, Vroom Vroom Veer. It's, it's because I'm looking for the VR and yes, in, I know, uh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But is that is that is the content okay that, for that? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll get it this time. Okay. Hey, this is Jonathan Green. I am a father, writer, podcast host, and guest expert, and I'm excited to be here on Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Nailed it. Third time's a charm. Thank you, sir. All right. <laughs> sure, well, absolutely. I got to hit stop. I'll be right back. Yep. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Michelle Gomez, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Oh, it's going well, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So uh, thank you for being here yet again. So you are at michellemgomez.com. So talk a little bit about what you've got going on in your business that you're excited about today. Oh, well, um, I just released my very first book and it's titled Own Your Brilliance. Overcome Imposter Syndrome for Career Success. It was officially published on Amazon just, uh, let me see, gosh, just like eight weeks ago. So wow. Maybe even less. Yeah, so I'm okay. super excited. I just approved the graphics to get it on paperback and hardcover, which so I'm also very, very excited. Neat. And Yes, yes. <laughs> just like dream come true time here? You always wanted it to is. have your I name on a book? Absolutely. I'm an avid reader. I read about mm. a book a month. Wow. And so, um, so being, being a part of that sort of a sorority of authors is amazing. I, I'm, it was something I've always wanted to do and just never had the time to do it. Good and for you. Congratulations. Thank, well done. Thank you. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this. Um, so you, you mentioned that in the, in the subtitle of the book is imposter syndrome. So before we talk about that, though, let's go back in time and uh, and figure out what were you, what were you doing when you were in burnout mode? Let's talk a little bit about that, because, you know, that's like uh, where most people are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure. these days. They haven't figured out that, you know, they can take things off of their plate instead of just adding them. You know, absolutely. Right. Yes. Well, um, I grew, I cut my teeth really in the logistics and transportation industry. Yes. Um, it's where That's a I tough spend, business. It is, especially when you're the wrong gender, the wrong <laughs> culture, yeah. wrong ethnic background okay, and, right. uh, and the wrong age. So not know? a lot of uh, Mexican women or Hispanic women in the, uh, in this industry. 
Correct. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. I mean, well, at the time, at the, at time, the time when I first started it, I was a uh, gosh in 2000 and shoot 2002 is when I kind of got, I kind of fell into the logistics industry. And, and those of, those of us who are part of that industry, we jokingly call it the mafia. It's kind of like, it's easy to get Mm. in and really hard to get out. (laughs) (laughs) They let you in, huh? It's like they sucker you in. come in, we'll pay lots of money. (laughs) It'll be great. Yeah. 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 Well, it was, it's, it's the industry where I was allowed to use the things that made me, um, um, made me weird. So that's uh, great. Weird in a, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Weird in a sense that I was just obsessively perfection, perfection driven. Mm. I wanted to do things right. The first time I was, I prided myself on working really hard and getting things from point A to point B on time under budget and as organized as possible. Okay. And so I just, you know, this was my competency type. I just thought, that that is what drives someone being a successful person. And mm. so, and, and, you know, when other industries where, um, they're, they, they, you know, encourage creativity, mm-hmm. you know, like, Oh, we'll just try it out. And, you know, let's see how it goes. No, in the logistics industry, it's like, no, you, this is how it's done this way, you know? And wow. so okay. I mastered that and I just grew from there and I spent, from 2002, even until today, to this day, I'm still involved in the logistics industry very heavily. Like right. I said, really hard to get in, get out of. So I, um, <laughs> um, but even, uh, it was, it was in 2015, I had been at the, this logistics company for just under 12 years. And, you know, in 12 years of span of time, I learned a lot. I not only, learned a lot about the industry and honed my skill level, but I, you know, I completed my bachelor's degree while I worked there, um, in business management and, uh, everything happened while I worked there. I had just become a newlywed when I came on board. I bought my first house. I had both of my children while working there. So it was very much home for me right, at this right. company. And so, uh, and I had a boss that kind of took on this boss slash work husband kind of a guy. <laughs> I get <laughs> you it. Know? Yep. There's and, a lot of those relationships out there. Sure. Yes. Yes. And so, um, you know, over time it was so great. I learned a lot and, you know, spent a lot of time on professional and personal development, leadership training. Um, it's when I got started to really hone in on my affinity for books. And so, um, it just was a great span of time and such a great experience. But I realized that I had a difficult time separating my identity away from my work. Sure. Like my, my career took up a majority of who I was. It's all mm. I thought about. It's all I talked about. It just and, – and, you know, I understand if I was a single – well, uh, you know, woman without any children, then of course this is my life, you know, but I wasn't, I was married and had two children. Right. And a right. You had t- two and, other really big jobs, being a wife and yes. being a mommy. Right. Correct. Correct. And so when you give 80% of yourself to your career, then the 20% that's left over has to be split up amongst everyone else. Right. And usually in that 20%, you leave out yourself. You don't yeah, take care you of don't, yourself. You don't, right. You don't get to sleep or eat or work out or have fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. I used, to, I used right. to actually say this joke sometimes when people would call me, you know, in the logistics industry, people would, we, you, the trucks are moving regardless of what time of day it is, regardless of what holiday it is. And so when I would get calls in the 2 a.m. to report a problem, oh, I'm sorry, Michelle, were you asleep? And I would joke, oh, I'm a mother. I don't sleep. 
<laughs> What's that? You know? so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, I, um, when I was in the Air Force, the and I was on a deployment, the the joke was uh, "sleep is for wimps." Ah. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, Trust me, I was getting my eight. Uh, I I wasn't the person saying that, but yeah. (laughs) So it was in um, it was in 2015 that things started to sort of make a shift. I realized that um, I I was not happy because Mm. I was not rested. I was exhausted. I had yeah. That'll that'll um, make you sick. Yeah, and I my body started to show up with that illness because my body didn't want, my mind didn't want to deal with it. So it was exhaustion. It was weight gain, weight loss, Mm. hair loss. Wow. Um, I mean, I struggled with anxiety uh, Mm. for most of my life, but my anxiety levels were just at an all time high. And I just felt like I couldn't stop. Like I had to keep the struggling act. And if I dropped one of the balls, it's kind of like when you're, when you're really anxious and everything around you is, you know, kind of flowing, but you know, in in a fast pace. And the last thing you need is for your shoe lace to break. And then that shoelace breaking is the the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Like you're like, you know what? I, I can't. Like this is You I lose can't. it. <laughs> you lose it. So yeah. I was getting Did you have there. one of those moments where you just the the tiniest thing just pushed you over the edge? Oh God. You know what it was? Yes. I think um I started to seek out more gross. Like, what are we doing? Like, I would look to my boss and I would say, okay, what's going on? All right. You know, every year we always have like a goal. Like we have to keep doing something. We're growing, we're expanding, we're bringing this, we're hiring, we're promoting. It's so I, I had to keep on the go. And for the first time in a really long time, we didn't have a goal. Like we were just trying to survive. And that was not an environment that I thrived in at the moment. I'm like, okay, this is not this is not where good are we going? Me. You needed a yeah. destination kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I realized that it was that constant thriving that would fuel my, uh, it, it would make it okay for me to work as hard as I was because there was a goal. But if you don't give me a goal, then I'm kind of like utterless, you know, I'm, right. like, I'm sitting here like what's going on. So you got all thrust and no vector. That's what the Air Force I, guys say. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's like, and we're on a road to nowhere going really fast. Right. And then so you couple that, that having no direction, just living on, you know, trying to survive. The company was kind of struggling at the moment with some uh, acquisitions that weren't weren't really handled properly. And so um, it was it was sort of on survival mode. But then um, the, the environment started to get toxic as well. So I'm like, wow, I used to have so much fun here. And now this is not fun. Like this is mm, this is it's not just, great. Right. Just work for the sake of work. Correct. And so I I started that my need for validation had been lost because I used to do well at work. So then look at somebody and have someone be proud of me was sort of my 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 fueling fire, you know, like, OK, but yeah. now that I'm, I didn't have anything to succeed at or I didn't have a goal or a project to complete, you know, it, it, it gave me this deflating sense of what am I and who am I? Mm. And I realized at the moment that 
so much, 80% of me was being the logistics and transportation, the West Coast. It was so, it was so regal, the West Coast <laughs> transportation manager. You wow. Know, and I thought, wow. That does sound said, important, doesn't it? Right. Yes. It yes. did. And I thought, I thought, so who, I don't remember in my journal, I started journaling because I was trying to make sense of everything that was going on in my mind and I needed sleep. And I figured the only way I can get sleep is if I write all this down and mm. close some of the book and just separate myself between my, the journal with those thoughts mm. and me just give myself some space. No, that, yeah, I did that. I did that. that yeah. And it, it works like magic. <laughs> yeah, it really does. You write those thoughts down and then it's like they're gone. They're no longer yes. bouncing around in your head. Yeah. And you can go back to them later with a fresh perspective. Yes. But yeah. I remember writing down, who am I if I'm not the West Coast Regional Transportation Manager? Mm, good question. Who am I? Right. Yeah. And so wow. I had to, at that moment, decide to let go of the ego behind that. Like, uh, you know, there's still more to learn about myself. I can still do something else. I can still be great at something else. And, and maybe there's a possibility out there that I am actually more brilliant than I thought I was, but because I gave so much weight to this title, I was limiting the amount of brilliance that I was going to be allowing myself to live in. Mm, And so, so that was my breaking point. I was just like, okay, I need to divorce this title. Like I need to be okay with not. <laughs> I not like that. Being. Divorce this title. That's awesome. That's well, a, because it, yeah. it's huge. It's huge because when you're a woman in the workplace, it's kind of like in a marriage, right? Like you, when mm-hmm. you're, when you, if you're married to a man who has got clout, you know, in his lap, you know, if you married a Kennedy mm. and then all of a sudden you're not a Kennedy anymore because you, by divorce, you want to hold on to that Kennedy name because you have so much pride behind it, right? Right, right. So that was sort of what I I'm like, well, what if I'm not a Kennedy anymore? Mm. And and am I okay with just being a myself? Just being Michelle. Yeah. Right. And wow. so that that fear of facing what it would be like to not have that title behind my name was the breaking point. I thought, okay, the, I, I, as soon as I got over the ego of letting that go, I was able to make a shift. Mm, wow, man, that we can unpack that for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> I, I want to check out this book because you, you've not you've hit on a lot of some of my favorite topics. I mean, we get all wrapped up into all kinds of different identities. Like you go, and for me, I went through lots of different stages. You know, it's like you know when you're young and you're a teenager and you're like, uh, Oh, maybe I'm my hair (laughs) or maybe I'm my clothes or who I date. Right. And then, you know, you keep going through that. And yeah, I think people our age, we get especially like a Gen Xers and midlife, um, kind of phase is you become your job, right? Yes. Yeah. And you feel like, uh, so talk a little bit about how, how you define imposter syndrome. What did it feel like to you? Well, it felt like, it felt like I just needed to be, to be allowed to be great. Like I needed permission from yourself or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not anybody else, just Michelle. Well, that's the thing. Initially, I thought that I needed the outside world's approval or um, they're, they're okay or their permission, you know? Right, right. Um, and so, you know, the imposter syndrome is 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 something that is experienced by high achieving uh, people. It's it's a difficulty of internalizing their success. Mm. You know, they they just don't believe 
by by all accounts, everything around them says that they are talented and skilled and brilliant and and they have so much to bring to the table. You, you could see it by their degrees. You can see it by the uh, the titles that they've held and the you know, all so many accomplishments financially, career wise. And you look at their life and you're like, wow. This so on paper and on Facebook, they're awesome. They're awesome. But, but they, they feel, the, the truth inside feels a little different. It is because it feels like it wasn't earned. It feels like uh, a couple of things, like you're a fraud, you're a phony, like right, you, you look right. at other people. Right. And they're just like are. waiting to get caught. Correct. Someday I'm somebody's somebody's going to find out I'm just a schmuck. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> right. Correct. And it's that fear. It's that fear of being found out that right. makes you work like crazy because oh, you just right. want to you want to be able to get through a, just a one more day of them thinking that you're amazing, because mm. as long as they think you're amazing, then you don't have to worry about being found out. Right. 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 Um, even though you feel like you're not amazing, you, your your work is to try to get the outside world not to think what you think. Yeah. And I, so and so I would constantly look to my bosses for approval, for mm. to, for validation, you know, and, um, you know, God bless my manager that that really uh, <laughs> that took me under his wing for 12 years because that poor guy, I'm sure I beat him to a pulp with all the validation <laughs> I needed, you know, but yeah. um, it was exhausting not only for myself, but I'm sure for him. You know, like mm. I, I just felt like, gosh, when am I going to be okay with me? Why do I need someone else to be okay for me? Right. You know? Right. Well, let me tell, ask you this. Um, cause, uh, this happened to me. I was, my imposter syndrome days was when I was in the, uh, active duty air force. Now uh, I would say like most of the time, uh, uh, maybe not most, but a lot of the time I was, I was like working hard and having fun. But it, it really depended on, it was very specific and was I getting along with the people that I was working with, uh, especially the bosses, right? So bad boss, bad life, essentially is how the military works. And it's probably the same when you have a civilian situation too. But uh -huh. um, I went through a lot of these things where, you know, the the military is always like handing out all these recognitions and like... Like, yay, attaboys, right? And then if you're not, like, a, a lot of times, you know, to me, it, it felt kind of like a hollow victory kind of feeling where everybody's applauding and I'm like, I don't care. Wow. <laughs> you don't, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Does that make sense? Did you ever have something like that that's like this, like, I feel like a fraud on the inside? I guess that's what, that's the definition of, of the uh, of the imposter syndrome, right? Absolutely, because I mean, like I said, uh, um, growing up in it, it was twofold. Number one, you know, you I come from a a, a broken home, and I, I talk about mm. this in my book. Um, my father was an alcoholic, abusive womanizer. Yeah, triple threat. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. And so, and my mother was an immigrant who came here from Ecuador, and you know, Ecuador. they fell in okay. love. Yeah, they fell in love. They got my, my dad's Mexican American. My mom's from Ecuador, so I'm I'm Latina twofold. <laughs> right. Well, at least so, I was half right when I said Mexican, and then I corrected myself and said Hispanic. Oh uh, no, you're right. <laughs> it's totally no offense here. Okay, it's all good. good. Yeah, yeah. But um, so um, you know, growing up in a, and I was the firstborn. I was so when my mm, father there's started a lot of pressure on, on number one. 
yeah, I was the number mm. one. So I'm usually looked to to set the example and, right. you know, take control. And then you're raised in it. And we're all not and, watching This Is Us now. So we can say number one and everybody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear that. Oh, my right? gosh. So, um, you know, my dad struggled to be a man in his family's life through his own demons, you know. And my mm. mom tried her best to try to keep the family together. But, you know, you can only take abuse for so many years. Wow. And, um, yeah. and then my and then over the years, she started to kind of get on her own feet and raise us on her own. Good. And then my brother, um, my brother struggled uh, with addiction and was eventually put in prison. And mm. so I started to see how this life was starting to fall apart. You know, I'm like, wow, my dad, you know, was abusive and he's an alcoholic and he cheated on my mom and left. And then my brother is now falling into addiction and he's getting in trouble and now he's in prison and I'm watching my mother's heart just break. Mm. And I'm like, and I'm like, I have to be the poster child because I need to show my mom that she's a good mom and that she, you know, cause she's just as most Hispanic mothers do, you blame themselves. Right. You know, right, this right, is right. my fault. I didn't, I did something wrong. And so I thought, okay, I have to be great so that she can feel good about herself. And I, and I thought it would influence everything. I thought my dad would hear about my, my, uh, accomplishments, my accomplishments and, school, and right? say, Ooh, I'm going to come back and be a great man in her life. And I'm going to, I'm going to make do right by her. And I just thought my brother would hear about my accomplishments and think, Oh my gosh, my sister's doing it. I'm totally going to do it too. It's going to be great. I have her support. And I was just trying to fix everyone mm. through success, through my, my career success, through my accomplishments, through my, my academics. I just thought that, you know, I thought I, as long as I keep striving and doing great, then, then everything will be fine. This is my naivete. At this right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, no, I love and, it because, you know, at least, you know, it's, uh, it may be like this naive kind of story you're telling yourself, uh, you know, and obviously you're young, so you, you get a pass for being naive when you're young, as I say, um, right. right. You know, but I bet, you know, still, um, it, it may be a, a, a naive kind of fantasy that you're describing, but yes. still you got the benefits of the success. <laughs> Correct. So Correct. That's good. And then realizing that it wasn't my burden to bear, you know, like my father, being, you know, yeah. I know enough now, you know, I've read a ton of self-help books. I've done my own internal work and I've talked and, and mentored people that have struggled with their own problems. And, and I understand now that my father has his own stuff. Right. That, that he right. would brought into this marriage. And then all of a sudden, not only is he a married man, but he's he's a husband and, and I'm sorry, a, a father. Mm. And you think um, so you're supposed to be this totally different person, but he's not. It was a broken person coming into a fixed situation. Mm. And he's and it's it's not as finite as one would think. You don't just change. You don't just get repaired. And, and now you can be this other person for this family. Right. You know, responsibility and and job duties as a as a parent or as a husband don't necessarily fix their, your broken spaces from your past. So, um, so I know that now. And my brother, David, the same thing, you know, he struggles with his addictions and stuff like that because of his own demons, you know, right, and with, right. and with my mother, I mean, all, I can't tell you all the, the accomplishments in the world. Um, while she's proud of me, you know, I understand now that I'm a mom, you're only as I've, I heard this comment one time, you're a mother is only as happy as her saddest child. That's so true. Wow. I could be yeah. a Nobel Prize winner and it wouldn't matter because 
she wants all three of her kids to be fine. Even if none of us make it to Nobel Prize, if we're all healthy and right. happy right. And, and living a productive life, that's really all she cares about. Even if we all just flip in burgers for our, the rest of our life, you know? <laughs> we but if do. We're, we if we're put happy, so much pressure on ourselves, don't we? I correct. Mean, yeah. And so I got that. I said, I get it, you know? And so I just stopped doing what I was doing for everyone else and trying to fix everyone else and please everyone else. And I just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it for me mm. and for for my husband and my kids. Yeah. So let's drill down into um, how you got out of your burnout because I, I, it must have taken a lot of work. I mean, you needed your faith. You needed to connect to um, your family more, right? And probably change that 80% work person into, you know, more mom, more more wife, right? Yes. And give yes. yourself some time. Right. Yes. So how did, how long did that all take and, and, and what, what sort of tools did you find along the way? I know we so, already talked about writing. So you were journaling. Right. Yeah. Yes, I was journaling. So first and foremost, I needed to give myself the time and space to do it. And I right. knew that right. I wouldn't be able to do it while I was working where I was working. When you had that big title. Right. right. When I had that big title <laughs> and yeah. I had like 27 employees reporting to me in three different states. And, wow. you know, I was like, there's no way. And then. I did something crazy. I thought, okay, well, well they're not going to teach me anymore here. I'm not going to grow here. And at the time I was 35, about to be 35. And I said, really, I'm going to tap out at 35. That's not, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't feel good. So I thought, okay, if they're not going to teach me anything else here, they're not going to send me to any more certification programs. They're not going to do. So I guess I'm just going to go out and get my own education. So I uh, crazily applied for graduate school and okay. got in. All right. And then I'm like, how am I going to complete graduate school when I can barely wash the dishes at home? I can't even keep up with laundry. Like, <laughs> right. how is this going Like, happen? I'm going to get another job on top Correct. of these four other jobs I already have. Yes. So okay. what I did is I just, I prayed and I asked God, you know, please, God, please bring me an opportunity, mm. you know, that that's going to allow me to slow down so that I don't enter into this MBA program and completely you know, fail because right. I need, I need to do this. I need to take care of myself. And I would tell, I would tell God, you know, I need, I need time. I need help. I need, I need to focus on me. I need to take care of me, you know? And so, um, LinkedIn, I would get LinkedIn recruiters reaching out to me periodically over the years. And I just always said, Oh, you know, I'm not interested, but thank you. Or I would pass on the opportunity to somebody else. And then I had a friend in the industry, you know, like being, like I said, being in this industry, as long as I have, built a lot of beautiful relationships. And you so had a I had a pretty good network at that point. Yes. And I had a friend, an industry friend that I've known for over 10 years at the moment said, Hey, I need someone on the West coast. Um, do you know anybody? And I always knew somebody. So I would pass on the, the, the opportunity. Mm. And then he finally called me and said, I, when I mean, do you know somebody I'm talking to you? I said, Oh, and he's like, yeah, I, I'd like to bring you on board. Um, and work for us on the West Coast. We don't have an office, so you'd be working from home. I was like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> and <he laughs> I'm goes, already liking this so far. Yes. And yes. he's like, uh, you, it's a sales a sales manager role, West Coast sales manager. I said, okay. Um, and then he goes, uh, be, uh, but because it's enterprise type of accounts, it would be noted as a sales executive. Now, I had the, at the, up until that, at that point, I even had the word executive in my title at all. So I mm. said, okay. Again, I'm listening. And then he's like, uh, there's no direct reports. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? And he's like, yeah, you just work from home. We'll set you up with an office and I'll wow. show all the hardware and stuff. And, uh, you know, and uh, there was so many other perks to it that I just thought, 
this is the answer. That's this the is gift what I from need. God that you need. Yes, yes. the gift. Yeah. And so I was able to slow down. I went from having 27 direct reports in three different states to having none. And so having that sort of solitude gave me the time to do reading, do some um, journaling. I, I practiced meditation. I, I kind of did a couple yeah. of different things. to to. I gave myself that, that morning routine that all successful entrepreneurs and business managers have. They always talk about the good breakfast, the, the good morning routine, <laughs> right. that, morning routine, that first hour of your day. How do mm, you spend huge, it? Right. And so I started doing that. And so, and, and I started from the basics. I, 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 not only the Bible, but I also picked up the book, uh, The Four Agreements mm, by Don Miguel Ruiz. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Love that book. And I just started there. That was my basics. I just, every morning I woke up, I spent an, I spent an hour, you know, just doing that routine. I would, I would, um, go, I would read my Bible to do a devotional. I'd pray. Mm. I'd write down three things I was grateful for. Yeah. And then I would read a chapter of, my, of the four agreements. And then I would journal what I learned that day. Mm. So that took about an hour and it was, but that's, it was great. That, that's the magic hour. Yes. You know, I, I think it's like, um, my new rule is, um, I, regardless of what I do, it'd be that, you know, me- meditate or, you know, it's like, you've got this list of tools, right? But the most important thing is don't get up, make a cup of coffee and then jump into email immediately. That's, yes. that's, that's the, the golden do not break rule <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> because it sets off your day to just be, um, you're, you're setting yourself up to, to be reactive all day. Essentially. It's like, cause email is just that it's like ping. Okay. Now there's a, there's a 30 second thing that I have to do today now. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, and it yeah. got even slower. Like I, you know, being that, cause I traveled about, I travel still now I travel about 40% of the time, maybe 30 mm. to 40% of the year, you know? So like once a, once a month, once every three weeks, I'll, I'll fly out to, uh, um, to go handle some business. And so as I do my business development, it is, that time I I really enjoy, you know, like when I'm in the airport, I just open my book that I'm reading and I read and I put reading music in my ears when I'm on the planes, I read, Mm. um, when, and then even though I have this home with these kids and these dogs and my husband, I got to tell you, having a couple nights a, a month, having a bed to myself and be able to take a bath. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yay. You got you, like your, so your, your gift, your gift, uh, from the universe, uh, came with built in me time. It did. Wow. <laughs> it did. And it's been wonderful. I mean, I've been a consistent p- p- practice in, of this, uh, self care, right. um, since I took this job, um, three years ago. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations. So, yeah. And I like the way that you're saying, you know, like you, you just need to slow down. So how much did you, did you take off of your plate? Was it more than just the job or did you, did you like consciously remove other obligations off of your plate? I did. Um, I'm a Christian. And so I, I've been going to the same church since I moved to this town, um, over 13 years ago mm. and I've served in different areas. You know, I've been, I've been on there, um, cause I do sing a little bit. So I've been on their praise <laughs> oh, nice. team a little. Yeah. I've been on their praise team. My husband and I had, um, had, uh, 
been a part of their uh, youth ministry. Mm. Um, I've been involved with their young adult ministry. So kids between 19 and 29, you know, mm. that are kind of in that gap. And um, as I started to unravel, I, I had to really look at my plate right. and decide where I wanted to spend my time. And I, I learned to appreciate the slowdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go from somebody that like, I could not rest. There was no idle time because I, there was right. a time in my life where idle time meant waste. Right. I mean, wasteful. Right, of, right, right. So, um, <clears throat> and so that's to be able to now say, no, I, I'm just going to spend two hours here doing nothing. Mm. And I'm, I gotta be okay with that. You mm-hmm. know, so, and so I had to really decide if I had not time only uh, like be okay with it, but eventually you you get to the point where you need it. You know that right. you need it. Yeah. And then yeah. you become like, oh man, that nap was a gift. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's not only that, but it's like being, I learned it to say no to mm, things. Right. Like if, right. if I don't want to go to that party or I don't want to go meet up with yeah. With everyone at the at this restaurant on Friday night, it's like eh, I got to be okay with saying no, and it was really hard because yeah. I look a lot of us say no and then think we have to give an excuse. Right? Um, oh, that like, was no, like a I'm magic just, lesson that I learned from uh, yeah. James Altucher. Right. Yes. I, I I listened to his podcast and he said the secret to saying no is really simple. I know I wrote a book about how to say no, and that's great. But here's the answer: is when you say no, don't say why. Because you don't need a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and if you give one, so people will like um, will come up with all sorts of uh, um, fixes to get around that reason. And yeah. then you have to make up another reason and another reason and another reason where if you had just said, I can't make it with no explanation and no reason, you know, then right. there's nowhere to go after that. And you know what's so funny? It's it's in the smallest of things. I mean, right. um, my, uh, I'm a huge Friends fan. For any Friends fans Friends? out there, I used to love that show. Uh, I love that yeah. show, yes. Yeah. What and a great you know, theme Phoebe, song. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, Phoebe, Phoebe on the show said one time, I'll, I'll never forget it. I remember uh, they had a, they, Phoebe, we're going to go watch this movie tonight. You want to come? And she's like, oh, I would, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so Phoebe. <laughs> yeah. And then my and then um, on top of that, I have a friend, my friend Sandra. She's hilarious. I hope she listens to this podcast when it's out so she can laugh along with me. But Yay. she's just one of those really true friends that's just very transparent and honest. And and um, I, I joke that I'm going to get her this sweater because we found it online and it says I'm sorry because she's you know she's kind of late to stuff a lot. So she's like, it says I'm sorry I'm late. I didn't want to come. <laughs> But that, at the same time, it's funny. It's hilarious. But if she didn't want to come, she shouldn't be there. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's the okay of saying no. And I think right. that's part of the imposter syndrome I struggled with because I thought that in order to be competent and being acceptable to everyone else, it required me to go nonstop all the time. Don't right. rest. Keep going. Mm. And, I, and I and I find that even in the coaching world, you know, now that I coach people, mm. you know, while I appreciate the motivational speeches and I think it's important to help people frame the right mindset for success, you know, doing the whole like sleep is for a safe sleep for another day or, oh, you know, you, you know, you want, no, you sacrifice right. now for reap later. I, I, I kind of teeter on that because I'm like, mm, no, no, you got to take care of you first. Exactly. You know, it's, I get it, but it's, it's part of, it's a, like the symptom of this busy because busy is cool like cult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. It's like 
it's like embarrassing to say I don't have anything going on for all day. Right. So people don't do that. Right. So, right. And my particular niche are people who are these high achievers, right. You know, people that I talk to and work with these high achievers. It's like, I have to, I'll have to tell them like you have an MBA, you can slow, it's, you can slow down. Like it's, (laughs) you've done the grunt work. Right. 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 You're, 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 you're getting really close to finishing that PhD. You're already the VP. Mm. You're the CEO. Mm. Like now you, you've done the grunt work, but we're, like I said, it's that juggling act. We're so scared to right. stop, to, to slow stop. down because we think it's going to fail. And, it, and so that's why I help develop strategies to put practices and certain talents and people in place, certain programs so that, so that the person at the top can actually slow down. Amen. Yes, to unbusy. <laughs> yes, because yes. now that you've I, yeah. built this beautiful business or you've built this career or you finally got to this place, don't you want to enjoy it? I woke up one morning and I was like in that like reactive mode, right? Mm-hmm. And I had this thought of, um, you just, I just was like crazy, crazy, crazy busy. And then, and then you get to that, ah, and then you just, I got to take a break, right? And you go and like collapse on the couch or something. Yes. And and this 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 like voice very quietly said, "What have you already won?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm like, "What? What have I already won? You'd relax. Yeah. You'd take a, you know, you'd chill out, right? So." Right. Yeah. Well, and I think there's also this myth of wanting it all. You know, right. do you really want it all or do you just want a nice chunk of it? The thing is is like wanting it all is has gotten to to be like crazy dumb because it's like the, it well oh, and I'm not going to just leave it there <laughs> but it's like it, I can't remember where I saw this but it's like this myth or a fantasy that like more crap uh, shinier stuff is going to make you more happy yes. and that's just not true right so like now I'm like uh, my wife and I are like actively minimizing our crap holdings. <laughs> I mean, wow. like, yeah, we're, we we want to downsize to where we can just like um, get to, you know, whatever that number is in the big pile of money that you use for retirement uh-huh. to where we can like have a really cheap tax home and then travel full time. <laughs> so we're yes. we're aiming at being like uh, uh, vagabonds, you know, just you know, work when we need money and then, uh-huh. uh, and then travel the rest of the time. That's, that's what we want to do. That's awesome. I know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the goal is. I mean, just having an idea of what you want your life to look like. Do you know how ahead of a game that is? Right. Like this. right Some people right. are just have no clue. You know, they just like, well, I don't know because they've been told what they should be or should do or should mm. have. Mm. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned, um, like I was spent years and years and years, probably like better than 15, 20 years trying to figure out how to work from home. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't learn that, uh, what I learned once I got home and was like kind of working, but I was definitely alone, but not making any money, <laughs> uh-huh. but that's a different story. But mm-hmm. just being alone at home, that's no fun. You just feel <laughs> isolated and sad. <laughs> Oh, for you, you probably have people and kids around, so it's not so bad. Um, but if you're just like, you know, like no kids kind of guy like me, I was like, uh, all right, I need something to do. Yeah. <laughs> Hence, you know, I went and got a job, you know. And yeah. I also learned that I I don't 
necessarily want to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, and that took me a long time to learn too. Um, I think, you know, you kind of have to, well, it's just not me. It's just not my personality. When I think about like, I, what the, the entrepreneur speak is, is all about this passion to do X, right? Um, right. I've never cared about anything that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest, you know? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I just want to have fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured, you know, in this day and age, we can de- definitely have a hybrid. I mean, if you can, if you if you don't particularly detest the corporate world and you find enjoyment in doing it, then do it. But if right. you have a hobby on the side that 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 your corporate job funds, that's great. Then do that. You know, like it's, yeah. it doesn't have to require you to just you know one day to the next become this relic. You know, <laughs> I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to. Go- Start a candle making company. It's I'm like, going to go live in the woods and grow a beard. Trust yeah. me, it's not fun. <laughs> right. I mean, there's, there's, but the beauty of it is that if that's where you feel like you need to do, then of course try it, you know, but, yeah, give but it it's being okay and, and, in sort of those peaks and valleys of life. And I think with the imposter syndrome, people struggle with, with facing sort of that uncertainty. People struggle with um, having the rug pulled under them because they hold their identity in such a regard that, uh, you know, but my career is what matters because otherwise I'm going to lose it all, you know? And so um, that's why I, I try to help people understand that, you know, it doesn't have to be this uh, pervasive, you know, you can, you can examine your brilliance from a place of gratitude and take that sentiment into your work, into your business, into what your hobbies, into whatever it is that you want to do that elevate your life. Because spending 80% of everything that you are at work is something that's not going to pay dividends later. Because when you are uh, at your funeral, no one's going to say, gosh, <laughs> you know what, Jeff, he he hammered every single sales quota and every presentation he did was amazing. Right. And you know, the team he (laughs) built out. Nope. Yeah. No one's going to talk about that. No, (laughs) none of that stuff's going to matter. No, No. not at all. No, I, you know, I, I can't remember when I figured that out, but like, it's weird. It's like we, we, we spend all this energy chasing all this meaningless stuff. Like that stuff that you were like sales quotas and like, I don't know, salesman of the year or whatever, you know, accolade that you might chase or some title. Right. But at the end of life, what you're going to remember is how many times did I get to like have cuddle time with my wife and drink coffee and read newspapers on Sunday morning. Right. It's, It's, it's the mundane stuff that's absolutely free and takes zero effort that we really care about. Yes, yes. And I think that's where that's why um, I think it's so important that we address this stuff in these high achievers that I ta- that I uh, work with, because, you know, you, it's a, I feel like they need an invitation. It's OK. Right, right. You know, like, you're, don't, no, it's don't OK. Wait. I invite you to slow down. Right. It's really OK. <laughs> you, you don't need to wait until you're too old to enjoy the rest of your life. Sure. To slow down. I think that's yes. that's the the overall message that maybe Jeff and Michelle enjoy sharing with whoever will listen. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Amen. So as we wrap up, let's uh, we you are at michellemgomez.com and your new book and uh, it's on Amazon, right? Uh, yes. Own Your Brilliance, Overcome Imposter Syndrome for Career Success. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how people can get in touch with you. 
So I'm actually going to share a link um, with you that you can share. That's yeah, just we'll put for it in your the show listeners. Notes. All right. Just for the Vroom Vroom listeners. Sweet. And um, you'll be able to go click on that link. It'll send you directly to a website for you listeners only. And you guys will actually get access to some really cool things. You can either download my book for free. Um, you can uh, get a uh, – so I developed something in my book that I coined the Yukon. It's an acronym for your unique cocktail of needs. And basically like it. it's an wow. assessment. It's an assessment of your imposter syndrome experience. And I help you develop a Yukon because once you know what your Yukon is, then uh, you understand your triggers and how you can reframe your thought patterns when it comes to your career. Okay, well, I'm going to um, download that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that sounds and, really cool yeah so you can get you can get the um the free assessment you can get a download of my book and i'm also willing to jump on a free strategy session for anyone who wants help with uh developing either whether it be a morning routine whether it be overcoming your thought patterns at work with the imposter syndrome uh some life hacks that i've seen that help other people that i work with so um just a quick little tell me about yourself and here's what i can what i can offer you that you can put into practice tomorrow that can start help alleviating some of the strain that you have. Awesome. And we'll put that link in the show notes so everybody gets freebies, free book, free Yukon. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. This has been a blast. I really appreciate you hanging out with me. Yeah, no problem. I had a blast too. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.